Uh, good evening, everyone. It's, uh, it's a real pleasure to see uh, such a good turnout tonight for a special day in the life of our congregation. I know there's many people outside of Brookside also support the Belfast City Mission, so can I give you in the Lord's name a very warm welcome, whatever congregation you're from. Uh, we love to have you here tonight. Thank you very much for coming. And uh, with a great expense to our congregation, we have flown someone in from just up the road there. Stanley, one, one of our own members, and Stanley's wearing his Belfast City Mission hat tonight. He has a few different hats he wears, but tonight he's wearing his Belfast City Mission hat, and he's brought a few friends that were, were very pleased to have them along. Stanley's going to introduce them later. It's nice to have you with us tonight. Uh, <clears throat> the only uh, announcement I want to make is in regards to the Belfast City Mission Appeal, uh, if you'd like to uh, donate or leave gifts in the church festival, it would be the first two Sundays in December. And uh, the short list here of the type of stuff, selection boxes, sweets, biscuits, vouchers, um, supermarket vouchers, that type of thing. So if, if anyone, if our own folks or, or anyone else wants to drop something on, it's for the uh, Christmas appeal up in Belfast, and we understand at the moment how difficult things are. Uh, and uh, our missionary this morning was telling us last year he handed out 80 uh, different gifts to families at Christmas, so he says 80 won't cover it this year. So um, we're getting asked from all, all kinds of places, and I understand that, but if you feel if the Lord leads you to, to leave something in the vestibule, it's the first two Sundays in December. So I'll hand over to Stanley now. Good evening. Uh, nice to be in a, a hockle. I was in Belfast this morning and I, I needed an interpreter with me, but no, I was only joking. Them. I think they did understand me. It wasn't too bad. Um, as James says, uh, it's our City Mission Day, and thank you very much for coming out, folks, tonight. Uh, but we come out not to worship or think too much about other things, but to think about our God. Um, let me read to you uh, for one wee moment from Psalm 91, just before we come uh, to praise God. Psalm 91 says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence he will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. And we're going to stand to praise God from the words of the hymn, beautiful hymn, Rock of Ages, Cleft for Me. Let's stand.
Let's come to God in prayer. Let, let's pray. Eternal God, we thank you for this evening hour where we can come to worship the one true and living God. And Father, tonight we just thank you for your love to us in Christ Jesus, that rock, that rock that has secured our salvation, none other than Christ Himself. And Lord, we thank you tonight. Many of us in this building know what it is to be born again of the Spirit of the living God. And Father, we come tonight to thank you to thank you for being a God of generosity, a God who is faithful, a God who never leaves us, a God who is full of promises and not one of them will be broken, and a God who has saved us, a God who keeps us, and a God who will take us to be with himself one day. And Father, tonight as we come in the midst of this service and to thank also of other parts of the world, especially Belfast tonight, Father. We thank you for the city of Belfast. And later on, as we would come and think about some of the work there and, and, and the needs there, we pray, O oh God, that you would just speak to us through that. But Father, we just want to give you thanks. Thanks for all that you mean to us day by day. Thanks that you will never leave us nor forsake us. Thanks that if we call upon the name of the Lord, we can be and will be saved. So bless us, Lord, as we, we come to your word later on, as we hear about the work of the city mission as well. But thank you most of all for Jesus, the Son of God, who gave us life as a refuge, as a, as a, to redeem us give us life for us all, so that we may know him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to read um, from Hebrews chapter 6, verses 13 to 20. Um, I think we've been following on in this series. Uh, I'm reading from the ESV here. And this is just a follow-on. And the ESV, it's actually entitled, The Certainty of God's Promise. Of course, that's not in the original, but the bottom line is, uh, strong encouragement is actually what we're thinking about tonight, and that certainty of the God who makes promises, and not like ourselves, but He keeps every one of them. Let us hear God's Word from verse 13. For when God made a promise to Abraham... Since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself, saying, Surely I will bless you and multiply you. And thus Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. For people swear by something greater than themselves, and in all their disputes an oath is final for confirmation. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath, so that by two unchangeable things, 
in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And we know that God will uh, bless the reading of His Word to our hearts. Just want to come and, and pray one wee moment. Just a, uh, The service tonight's a little bit different, and for folks listening to this online, I'm sorry, but the service will maybe be online a little bit shorter uh, because later on we're going to have to uh, cut off a little bit because of some of the nature of the things we're going to be talking about tonight and some of the work in Belfast. But we want to come, want to first of all, personally, I want to thank the congregation. The three congregations are here tonight uh, for the support that many of you have given over many years to the Belfast City Mission, a mission that is almost 200 years old, a mission that still remains faithful to the cause that it started with, for the Christless, for the careless, and for the churchless across Belfast. And if there ever was a need, there's been needs all down through the years. I was in Belfast, as I said, speaking in a church this morning in East Belfast. But ever, if there ever was a need, there's a need in our day and generation uh, to not forget how many are lost without Christ, and to continue to pray for that work and to continue to support it. I just want to thank you very much from whatever angle you support it, whether it is financially, prayerfully, practically, or whatever way, just want to thank you for that. And I want to thank, particularly tonight, I want to thank Hannah Lee Montgomery tonight. John and Hannah Lee were so much behind the work. John passing away earlier this year, John supported the work of the city mission. He was the representative here in Brookside, but he'd done a lot of things behind the scenes. He even printed out labels for me to send out prayer letters and all sorts of things. I remember one time John giving me a computer that went to someone uh, from Africa uh, in, this, in the city mission that we were working with. Uh, that fellow was actually a Christian from Africa. Sometimes people maybe... Uh, Although I talk a lot about other things, um, uh, that fellow's a Christian that was helped. And many other practical things that John helped me with over the years, and no doubt behind the scenes, and just to public acknowledge uh, what he done for the mission. And to thank Emily for taking on, uh, representing the, the mission here, and, and helping with the background work, and, and, and helping with all of that. Also just want to pray tonight for the Wiley family. The funeral service was here at Mildred. Uh, what a dear soul. Who often give me a box of biscuits or something for people in Belfast. And also tonight to remember uh, Paul Bailey's wife. I got to know Paul 18 years ago. Paul was 
the uh, executive director, whatever the name would be, of the Mission Africa. I remember getting to know Paul on a train journey to Dublin, of all things, the two of us took one time, and some of the other work that we were involved in. And we want to remember his wife, Anne, as well. We want to remember Ukraine, and certainly want to remember the sick and bereaved at this time, many within the congregations here in Ahokal. So let's, let's come to God in prayer. Let us pray. Father, we thank You for the ability to even come tonight to pray. We thank You for Jesus, our intercessor, seated at the right hand of the Father. And Lord, tonight we come to pray for many different situations. Father, remember tonight the work, or remember tonight, Father, Ukraine, first of all, the situation there, the many who have died, the many who have been bereaved. We pray for that land, Father. And we pray against the evil tide that has taken place. We pray for brothers and sisters tonight in Ukraine that, God, your church would go from strength to strength, that many would come to know Christ even in that land. And for those who need protection and need a refuge, that they would find it even in you this evening, even there. And Father, for Belfast, we thank you for the city of Belfast. We thank you for the Belfast City Mission, almost 200 years of serving Jesus in Belfast. Thank you for down through the years, missionaries and volunteers who have helped out in those many different halls across the city. We thank you for the the work of the gospel that continues to go on. Pray for the men tonight in the different mission halls. And thank you, Lord, for uh, bringing even some new folk like Joseph um, Kennaway to the mission to work there in Ballybean. Praying for that district even tonight that, God, you would continue to richly bless, even over this weekend as they're having gospel services, that you would be pleased to even through that, draw sinners unto Christ. Pray for Willie Logan as he leads the mission. Pray you would give him wisdom, discernment, and for the board and for the superintendents, Father. But pray most of all, God, that we would continue to have a real zeal to serve you, to love you, and to tell others about Jesus. Father, may you remain close to us because we need you in the midst of that work. And Father, tonight we also pray for the congregations here. We pray for Ahochel tonight in the district. We pray for those who have been bereaved. Remember the Wiley family in particular, Father. We remember David and James and Valerie in particular and Jean. And Lord, just ask that you be very near to them even even at this time. And for others who have been bereaved and for others also, Lord, who are going through great trials of sickness at this time, Father, pray that your hand would be uh, upon them, that, God, you would be with them. And, Lord, we really pray most of all that, God, you would come to us. You would not forget us. 
And Lord, that you would save even through the three congregations and the Church of Ireland and the Gospel Hall as well. Father, you would use the witness of the Gospel here in Ahoko that many would come to know Christ as Savior. And we ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Uh, boys and girls, I'm sorry there's not a children's address. Uh, not because I didn't bring one or couldn't do one, probably could, but um, we're running a bit tight on time tonight. So we're going to have children's praise now. A lovely piece this, and after uh, this, the children can leave for the Good News Club. Uh, this lovely piece, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. Let's stand to praise God.
Let's just pray. Father, as we come to your word, we pray, God, that you would speak to us. We, we need to hear your voice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Promises. How many promises have you made in life? I've made quite a few. I wonder as you're sitting here tonight, have you ever thought about the promises that you haven't fulfilled? Um, I can even think of places and at times in Belfast, uh, promising people in a way, I'm coming to see you, but I just need a wee bit of time and hoping that you fulfill that promise, that you find the time. God, here in this passage tonight, of course, we actually read the, the previous chapter. If you have a Bible, please turn to it. We're in Hebrews chapter 6. Um, and, and, and if you actually read the, the previous couple of verses to get into context here, Hebrews 6 and verse 11 says, And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness, to have the full assurance of hope until the end, so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. And then it comes into verse 13 here. And verse 13 says, For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore it by himself. Some of us were doing a wee Bible study recently in the church here. And in Matthew chapter 5, or uh, Jesus was actually saying for us not to make an oath or a promise, if you want to put it that way, uh, to do something uh, and then not do it. Uh, Matthew 5, actually, in verse 33, just want to read this a little bit. Matthew 5, 33 says, Again, you have heard that it was said of those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it's the throne of God, or by the earth, for it's his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it's the city of the great king. And do not take a, an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes and no. Anything more than this comes from evil." What had happened was, in the little studies that we were doing a week or two ago there, basically the Jews were promising by an oath uh, on Jerusalem or by heaven or by their head to do something. And provided the oath didn't seem to have God involved in it, they were allowed, or at least that's what they had told themselves, not to fulfill the oath. And Jesus here was really saying, how strict, how, how sure they should be if you do something to do it. And really, we should not be making oaths, but make simply your yes be yes and your no be no. In other words, we don't need to make those promises. What we need to do is to live out our lives before God faithfully, uh, fulfilling His plan for our lives but God makes promises, wonderful promises. And to one man, he made a wonderful promise, Abraham. If you turn with me for one wee minute, just, just want to think for a brief moment about Abraham. Genesis 15, 
if you turn in your Bible for a wee moment and think about God's covenant or the oath that he made or the promise that he made, this was with Abram, and the promises that Abraham by faith received. Remember, of course, Abraham, the father of the faithful. And here we find in Genesis 15 and verse 1, and it says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I'm your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said to him, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Up to this point, of course, the promises. Here was Abram living out these promises, but they hadn't come true. And he's asking God, basically, how's this all going to work out? And Abraham said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said, This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. Now remember this, when Abraham, just cutting in at that point, remember this, that Abraham left Ur of the Chaldeans. He was 75 years of age. He wasn't a young man. He turned his back on pagan worship, called out of a massive city to follow God. And by faith, he and his wife, his father and his nephew, left Ur of the Chaldeans, headed for Haran, which is in northern Syria. And then eventually, after the death of his father, heads towards Canaan. And of course, there's the promise that's going to be coming into here in a moment or two. God made many promises to this man. Now, uh, we were just chatting in there, James and, and Manus and myself, and we are just chatting about Satnav and how you can lose yourself. Although one of the benefits of Google Maps is, to be truthful, you can put it in and you can see where you're going, and actually you can get images and see the very picture where you will be, the very building maybe that you're going to. Abraham did not have that. He set out on this long journey from southeast Iraq right up into northern Syria, right down into what we would say modern-day Israel, all on a faithfulness to God, on the promises of God's calling to him. I wonder tonight, just as we're sitting here tonight, how much do I, how much do we claim those promises or believe in the promises of God? The God who says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The, the God who says, if you come, come to him, he'll never cast you away. The God who says to us, come to me all ye here burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. They say there's well over 200 promises in the New Testament. Uh, amazing. This God who has promised so much to us. Tonight, by faith, as we look forward on our lives, but certainly even as we look back, I, I see God's faithfulness to me fulfilling so many promises over my own lifetime. And here we find Abraham, but he's got a problem. And he's got a real problem because he's been promised 
a child and generations to come. And yet he remains childless at this age. In verse 4 of Genesis 15, it says, And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said to him, Look toward the heaven and the stars, if you're able to number them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. Abraham was trusting in God. And back in Hebrews 6, we find here this whole passage referring very much to the God who is to be trusted. Who can we trust in this life? I can hardly trust myself. <laughs> I don't know about you. Sometimes we almost let ourselves down by the things that we do. But a God whom we can fully trust, a God that we can fully lean on. And Abraham, with those promises, went forward, even though he could not see the promise fulfilled. At 86 years of age, of course, he had went a bit astray. Sarah, his wife, had somehow persuaded him to have a child through Hagar. And Ishmael was born. And then, of course, he goes on. And life goes on. And he's getting older and older, wondering where these descendants, where this covenant will ever take place. Hebrews 6 again. In verse 17, so when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise, the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath. So that by two unchangeable things, in which it is impossible for God to lie, God cannot lie. It is impossible for God to lie. The liar is Satan, the deceiver, the father of lies, the one who comes to us and puts the doubts in our minds. But here we find that God cannot lie. And the other thing that God cannot do is change. He is an unchangeable God. When he says he will save you, he will save you. When he says he will take you to heaven, he will take you. Tonight, brothers and sisters, we have an amazing God who is with us. Sometimes in the midst of work, even in the city mission, there's struggles. And sometimes you wonder, how is God working out his purposes? He's certainly bringing people to us. He's bringing people from many different nations, and many of those are unreached and people who have not heard a gospel message maybe before. But God is faithful. And we have to turn and remember that through the struggles and through the joys, through the difficult times, He's working out His purposes in your life and my life and here in the life of Abraham. For God, it is impossible to lie, verse 18. We who have fled for refuge might have a strong encouragement. And brothers and sisters, that's what we have tonight. We have a strong encouragement in who we follow. We follow the God who has made the heavens and the earth. The God whose hope is set upon. Last Sunday morning, um, we had the BB enrollment. It was lovely. 
Strange I've been asked to speak in this passage tonight as we come up to this whole thought here. We have a strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. A sure and steadfast anchor. Just remind it last Sunday morning of what the anchor is to the, the, the boat or the ship that's been buffeted by the waves. As the captain asks for the, the anchor to be laid down, as the, the anchor is trapped on that rock. And that rock for us, that rock of ages, that rock for us is the rock Christ Jesus, that no matter what happens in the midst of this life, we have a sure and certain hope in none other than Christ Himself. He who has entered into the inner place behind the curtain that wonder, of course, of the completion on the cross when Jesus said it is finished. And the curtain was torn from top to bottom. And we now have that access that we can enter in behind the curtain where it says where Jesus has gone. And Jesus has gone somewhere else. Jesus has ascended. Jesus has gone to heaven. And we are assured for those believing in Him, that we will enter into that place because of Him and what He has done for us. But maybe you're listening to this online tonight, or maybe even here in the church, and you've heard this many times in your life. You've maybe heard those promises of God. That Romans 10 and 13 says, for everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And yet in your life, you've maybe never called upon Christ. You've maybe heard hundreds, maybe thousands of sermons. You've maybe even read God's Word on many occasions. But you've never called upon Him. You've never come to trust in Him. The death of Paul Bailey this past week was so sudden just over a week ago, I was, I had been on Facebook with Paul, but just over a week ago, Paul would have been in London exactly eight days ago, leading a conference to do with Mission Africa. On the Monday, he was, as far as I'm aware, was meeting with the Presbyterian Church to do with an assembly committee. And on the Tuesday, he left this scene of time. There's a powerful warning. The last time I remember Paul was at a midweek here where he stood up here and spoke about the work of Mission Africa. But Paul was well prepared for eternity. Paul was well prepared to meet his God. But those words of Amos, as I drive up the dual carriageway towards Belfast and someone is put it on a, a post or whatever else, prepare to meet thy God. Have you prepared? Or is your sin still on you? Do you know the righteousness of Christ to be upon you? Have you ever come? Just come simply. Come simply with your sin. Come to the feet of Jesus and say, Lord, save me. And it says he will. 
and he'll save you to the uttermost. And he'll save you for all eternity. Tonight, just in closing this little section, and forgive me, sorry, folks, for those listening online uh, that we're going to have to cut off after the next uh, hymn. But just to be reminded tonight of the God of promises, the God who never leaves us nor forsakes us, and who fulfilled his promises on Abraham for a hundred years old. In Genesis 21 and 5, Isaac was born. And then at 160 years old, Jacob was born. And then in Genesis 25 and 7, at 175 years of age, was the death of Abraham. Let me just read to you from Hebrews 11 and closing from verse 8. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go to a place that he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he went to live in the land of promise. And in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore from one man, and him as good as dead, were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven, and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. Abraham died and the only covenant promises in many ways that he had or some of them were, he only had his son Isaac and he only had his grandson Jacob. He never saw Jacob's children who became the children of Israel. He never saw the generations to follow. But he knew the one who promised. He knew he would be faithful. And he knew that those stars in the sky, as innumerable as they are, would be his descendants. And tonight, across the world, there are hundreds of millions of born-again believers who have come into that relationship with God, the descendants of Abraham, the man who walked by faith. We're just going to sing now this piece, lovely piece. And as I say, folks listening online, I'm sorry we're going to have to cut off after this live streaming, but thank you very much for joining us. Let's stand to praise God with the words of Seek Ye First.
could you put the wee PowerPoint up for us? Um, so somebody kept me going on the way in. I brought a rucksack, and I says, well, you know, when you're here for three hours, boys, you need to bring your lunch with you, you know? Um, no, I'm joking you. It's only two hours. No. Um, just for about the next 15, 20 minutes, just, just uh, want to just share a little bit, something that I couldn't share about the city mission online, as you can imagine. Um, next, please, Johnny. So this is just some photos, and Manus and Ben and Mubarak is with us tonight. Praise God. And, and Manus, I'll maybe come up and share in a wee moment or two. Kimberley Street. Uh, you come on up and sit here if you want a wee minute. Yes, certainly. Uh, uh, Kimberley Street, um, you have supported this work uh, uh, along with Wally. Uh, Wally and me has been there for the past uh, 12 years. It's just off the Armour Road, if you don't know, and some of the folks even here tonight came and physically helped uh, in the building and done stuff for us, and we were very appreciative of it. Next, please. And, and we've really worked uh, with different folks over the years. These are, these are two here, and I'm not going to give any names tonight of any of this, uh, but th just those are two lovely Somali ladies who we have known for many years. Um, trying to teach one of me drive at the minute. It's not just quite working out. But anyway, uh, uh, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> I don't believe in luck. Here, <laughs> predestination. Here, uh, 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 um, so this is... Uh, Wally, please remember Wally and the work. Um, you, you, many of you know Wally's background. And, and you know something? He sold out in these Somalis. And it's so lovely to have one with us tonight. One who come to faith. Um, because we've worked with them for so long. Next, please. Um, so this is Somalia. And a Mubarak came up here tonight. He could tell me more about Somalia than I ever know because that's where he came from. But just to remember the millions of them who have lived as, born as a Muslim, who live as a Muslim and who die as a Muslim with no hope. And so many of them have come to Belfast. I don't know. There could be five, six hundred. I'm not too sure. Um, and many of them have stayed with us. I mean, no matter how bad a rascal Wally Cowan is, we can't get them to leave, so it's not as awful, you know. But it's been tremendous just to have them with us. And we don't just work with Somalians. I'm going to show you different people here, but they have been very much in our hearts. Would you pray for them? And pray for them not only in Belfast. Um, Mubarak and me was actually talking to one of the guys in London recently, a Somali believer as well. There's a small group of them there. And we would know other Somalis. There's a thing called Somali Christian TV that Mubarak watches. And, and personally, I would know the two that are on it. I met actually the girl as well uh, who have had to go into hiding. Uh, there's a real danger for many Muslims who come to faith in Christ, um, especially in some of, from some of these lands. Next, please. So that's just some of the ladies. Uh, next, please. And just some of the fellas. Uh, and sometimes people ask me a question, you know, about refugees. Does any of them work? Actually, quite a few in that photograph work, and quite a few of the ladies I just showed you work. Um, many of them now are working in care homes, um, taxi drivers, McDonald's, Amazon, you name it. Uh, and so it's been a privilege to help them 
and, and, and not just spiritually, but privileged to help them in their lives and privileged to help them uh, with other things as well. Next, please. Um, and Manus, maybe you could tell us more. This is your land. Well, come, where's your wee, sorry, you, come and tell us a little bit about, um, I was going to say, Manus, um, uh, tell us a bit about the work in Belfast. How's it, how's, how have you found it over the past few years, maybe? First of all, let me uh, thank you for inviting me, for having me today. I know you all might be sick of seeing me every year, but I think this is my church. You are my people, you are my family here, and I, every time that Stania, as soon as he asked me, are you free on Saturday or Sunday or any day, even I'm not free, I make it free to come here, and I, I love seeing you coming here, and I feel I'm in my, my people, with my family. Um, yes, this is my country, Iran, a beautiful country, and uh, it's located in Asia. And we have all surrounded with Muslim countries, and Iran mm. become a Muslim country mm. as well through a um, revolution about 46 years ago. Mm. And um, Iran is beautiful country. People are really lovely, just like you. That's why I feel here is my home. People all peaceful. They want to have. Um, just wonderful life, and also, if you don't know, we used to, our ancient religion was believing in the only God. Mm. But Islam by force changed it, and now is an Islamic country, unfortunately. In Belfast, you've met many. Oh, yeah, and you're, you're in Belfast, yeah, actually. Yeah. In Belfast, my life changed a lot, and I met quite... Uh, wonderful people there. Uh, one of them is Stanley, just one of them. <laughs> and um, as you all know, I become a Christian and that was but God's work, not, not me, not Stanley, nobody, just was God, only God. And um, my life really changed and um, since I become a Christian, I stayed with, um, co my connection was still with uh, Belfast City Mission because it's that's my home. And thankfully, through Belfast City Mission, uh, I, we've met quite a lot of refugees, a lot of uh, people who come from Iran, mostly uh, who I am dealing with are Iranians. And they come, even they are students or they're refugee, whoever they are. Most of them are Muslim. But uh, we, we've had some Christian fellows, and, um, but the good thing is when they come and they, we, as soon as they get to know us and they feel safe to, to hear about gospel, to hear about God's work here, and um, it's, they, they change. And immediately you can see that they found that they've been wrong. But it's, it's quite difficult to believe immediately or change your mm. belief quickly, quickly. But we can see the seeds that we planted. Yeah. It's growing. It's a right place. And as a, just for example, we met um, two young fellows in uh, 
city mission and they got baptized in city mission through William, uh, yeah. William Moody came and um, baptized them. One of them had to move Belfast because for work or for something else or family member he had, he had to go over in England. And um, I lost contact with him. And um, summer I went to see my daughter who lives in England. And on the way back home, I thought, my daughter lives in Nottingham. My flight was from Manchester, and because I had some times in between from going, uh, leaving Nottingham to go to Manchester uh, Airport, I thought it's good to go to Stockport and see how the city is, and then go to airport. And as soon as I came from train, I was looking for the signs to go which direction, and I heard someone say, Manas, hello. What are you doing here? And I looked, and I, that was Reza, the guy that was here, lived here, and he was baptized in city mission. And it was a lovely um, incident to see him. And then we stand, we talked quite a lot. And thankfully, still he goes to church. Yeah. And that was really um, heartwarming for me to see he's not lost. He goes to church, and he is connected with God and God's family. Yeah, so you, that's so you find something in the middle of a railway station yes, in, in yeah, England? somewhere that I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's lovely. But yeah. Even last Monday we were doing a, a wee Bible study and, and you'd connect it. Tell about Mona. Yeah, you, we, we, ha we, we, uh, we meet quite a lot of people like um, through Belfast, Belfast City Mission and work we do. We met Iranian, we met Nigerians, I met, uh, I work uh, with like quite three, four ladies. They are from like uh, Somalia and they, their English is not good, but because they have babies, I go to their home. I, I met a Nigerian lady, she lives in a hotel. She needs help, support, moral more, mostly. I go there to visit her every week, almost, or every other week I visit her. And also Iranians. I met a girl, lovely girl. She um, came to, I invited her to Bible study last Monday. And she came, she is not a believer, but she was really interested when we had a chat, we talked and uh, about Jesus, about what Christianity is. And I, she was really interested, and she's hoping to come back for more discussion about it. Yeah, it was just, yes. it, was, it was lovely. I mean, I'd never, you've met her through the English class? Yes. Mm -hmm. So we do English classes on a Tuesday and a Thursday as well. Uh, I'll show you maybe a photograph or two in a minute. Um, and, and she had come through the class. So some of this, a lot of this is connections. And mm -hmm. she, she came last Monday. We do a Bible study on a Monday, and... Barak and Ben and that and Manus, there's, there's a crowd of us on Monday and she came in and um, someone had actually given me Farsi New Testaments. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I've, I've, somebody gives me all this stuff in different languages but I had Farsi New Testaments and, and, and being proficient of course in Farsi, I read it most nights when I go to bed, you know, but uh, 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 I, was just, I was just reading through it that day but anyway, no, I, I, I wasn't. Um, you're not allowed to lie in this pulpit, honestly, no. Uh, um, I was, the girl came in, it was lovely, and, and just to give her a Bible. 
and to watch her so keenly want to join us. And, and, and so God is bringing people from places like Iran. The Iranians are very open to the gospel. Yes. Um, very, as you can see at the moment in, in Iran. And, and just, Manus, could you, one thing I was going to ask, not only about the city mission, but about Iran itself. What should we be praying for this nation that has totally uh, an uproar in many ways, a complete change? It wants, to, it wants to see democracy. It wants to change its ways. Many of the women, it's, it's led That's by well, women, the, the whole revolution at the moment. Um, so... Uh, no, I think you, you heard about it in the news, but it was um, just a girl went, was from north of Iran, went to visit Tehran, capital city, and there, there, there was just few of her was out of the scarf, and they arrested her, they bit her, and when she was um, in custody, um, she passed away. And that start a revolution and people are really angry because people uh, in Iran, mostly young people, younger generation, they want to have freedom. Mm -hmm. And it's not just about the scarf, it's about the freedom of choice. If they want to wear hijab, they want to have the choice. If they don't want to wear the hijab, they want to have the choice mm -hmm. not to wear. And it's unfortunately because of Islamic um, faith that they have uh, or religion they can't women can't have um, freedom women have to be ruled by parents, husbands government, men, all men so this time is um, a big quite big um, revolution hopefully and I just want you please to don't forget about uh, my country Iran and pray for them and not just uh, free from um, like freedom to have choice, but hopefully one day to see, to see them, to find the truth about Jesus, uh, to find the mm -hmm. actual um, freedom or salvation. Mm -hmm. It's not just about the hijab or appearance. Yeah. You have family and and we got on a deep discussion one Monday at a Bible study because one of the things is growing up in this part of the world we have been so blessed uh, and we can hear the gospel so easily in Northern Ireland we can read the Bible with freedom but in your land that has not been the case and, and one of the discussions we had was about people who have not heard but what could we pray for your father, your relatives, your own people back there? Well, as, as you know, I am thinking that if they could have the chance to hear the truth, that would be great. But someone like my parents who never had, or my mom that passed away, I didn't have the chance to hear. Mm -hmm. um, I, want, I, I really hope that they... God is, I believe God is a right God and mm. he's a fair God and judge them in the judgment day according to their knowledge, according yeah. to, the, to that he sees them, they never had a chance to hear about anything but Islam and Muhammad and those ones and not to go to according yeah. to the 
belief not to go to hell. It is really hard. It's heartbreaking. I, I think that's one of the hardships for Muslims who come to faith in Christ is realizing they've got the truth, mm. but their generations before them never had the truth. And they live with this. Barak, you're the same brother. And, and, and it's really difficult. It is. And I really hope and I want you to pray for Iran because I, and my family, everyone, to, to hear, to get the chance to hear about the truth, about God, about Jesus, because they are really blinded and they are forced not to ask or study or read or hear mm. anything about Islam. And that's, that's not fair. How, how can they be saved if they, they don't can't hear? hear. Yeah. They can't. So something to pray for. Sorry, time is about. Johnny, just put a few more slides. Just we're going. This is just, of course, this is your daughter, of course, on the right here. Yes. Yes. He was here one night before as well, uh, and the family. Uh, next, please. Just one or two slides to finish with, folks, because I realise time is marching. Uh, English classes that we've done over the years. These are Iranians, of course. Uh, most of these are believers, actually. Uh, uh, next, please. Uh, yeah, next, please, Johnny, just, just some photos. Some Manus is a good cook. There you go. Oh, that's uh, when we had, um, it was lockdown, and there was quite a lot of Iranian refugees who came, and they had missed Iranian food, so uh, I cooked and just delivered their home. Uh, well, that was lovely. N next, please. Um, that's just Farsi, in case you want to read it to yourself. Next, please, that's just it, and... Uh, English, so you understand that it has the Bible. Uh, uh, next, please. Uh, and so there's other people that we work with. Mm -hmm. The Eritreans, for instance. Next, please. So the, a, a large group of Eritreans have also come to the city. They're not generally from a Muslim background. They're from more traditional, orthodox, Christian backgrounds. Yeah, uh, this was during COVID, so that's why the mass was on there, if you're wondering why that says. So that was English classes in Kimberley Street. Next, please. Just one or two photos. And just recently, uh, we've, we're, we're, we're in another hall as well. Ivan Patterson retired from Great Northern Street. And this is as close as Wally can get to playing for Northern Ireland. It's just in behind Windsor Park, that's by the way. So um, I, I, there's a, I keep him from trying to get on the pitch. But no, the, we, this is a little hall. A lovely wee hall. It doesn't look so good on the outside, but inside it is. Next, please. And this is classes. So we've, there's a guy called Mark. Um, who retired in his mid-50s, and he, he teaches English all day Tuesday and all day Thursday. It's absolutely wonderful. And maybe God would be challenging some of you to do something for the Lord. I'm not saying come to Belfast and teach English or something, but who knows? There is a challenge to each of us to use our lives. I met Mark a few years ago. Uh, he, he had done a course in, in teaching English, and, and, and the bottom line was, he said, Stanley, would there be something I could do? And he works with us, and he also works with the, the International Meeting Point as well. And he really works about four days a week at this and takes boys out for coffee, uh, uh, people from the classes, and really helps them. So, so praise God for a volunteer like Mark, who's really doing a work like a missionary in many ways uh, in Belfast. So how do you know? Let me just throw the challenge out. Maybe if you retire early in life and you're wondering, instead of playing golf um, or something else, Maybe God would call you to do something along similar lines, reaching people. And these would be, many of these people would be Eritreans as well. Uh, uh, so we have Bibles there. Uh, we have tracks there. We have lots of stuff in that hall for people to pick up 
but also to speak to them about the gospel. Next, please. Sorry, time's maybe marching, but just... And there he is. I thought I'd bring an up-to-date photograph in case you thought uh, he wasn't still around. He is still around. Wally uh, and Handy and, and one or two others as well. We had a wee party the other Thursday uh, for some, somebody who got some of their refugee papers. But pray for Wally. Uh, he really does work flat out. Uh, he's quite a character, but I mean... He, he spends a lot of time. He got to know Mubarak. He used to play football. He's still playing football. I know, I know, he's, I know he's well past the age, but he thinks he's going on to 90. But anyway, uh, uh, he, he played a lot of football. And he still plays a football on a Tuesday night, is it? Uh, Thursday night. Down at Olympia. That's where they're playing, maybe. Uh, so the Thursday nights, he's still playing football with a whole group of the Somalis. So... Pray for a lot of those connections. Pray for the connections that Manus has next, please. Sorry, Johnny, maybe. Uh, we're still doing stuff online as well. We have a wee Thursday nights and Sunday nights. Next, please. Just one or two things. Uh, just uh, some of the Bible studies. Next, please. It's just a wee group of us on a Monday there. You can see some of the folks here. And some of the other folks who have been at the hall for years, like Anne and Hilary. Uh, praise God for them. Next, please. Um, uh, that's just to remind us of Scripture. One day around the throne, there will be the multitudes from every tribe and every nation worshipping the Lamb. Uh, next, please. Um, sorry, just, uh, that's just some prayer points, yeah, to remind us. So, Manus, thank you for, t thank you for, if you want to break down, thank you very much. I'm just going to close the service. That's, that's okay. Thank you very much. Um, but thank you very much for, the, uh, uh, you can chat to Manus afterwards, and uh, please do. We'll, we'll be about for a wee while. Uh, but thank you very much to the congregation for supporting her. And I remember just before COVID, actually, we were over with the PW and first to Hockle. So they've heard you. And then COVID came along and everything went a wee bit belly up. Next, please, Johnny. Just, and that's just the last slide, just to say thank you for uh, the support you have been given to us. Let me just pray one wee minute. Father, we thank you for many of the things that are taking place, much of it through relationships and helping people. And Father, we realize that in life, that people who have helped us, it's often opened the door uh, for, for conversation. And Father, we, we, we pray for these Somalis tonight. We pray for the Iranians, the Eritreans, the Nigerians, people from many different nations. We have people from Palestine, Syria. Father, they're from all sorts of roads uh, that come to the, 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 the English classes, that come to the halls. Father, we, we pray, God, uh, as we go to their homes, as we visit with them, as we teach them to drive a car, whatever it happens to be, Father, that, God, you would bless this work, but most of all, that you would, uh, that we would see fruit for our labor. And even that young lady last Monday receiving a Bible, that even she would come, like Ben and Manus and Mubarak, to come to know who the Christ really is and come to worship him. For it's in his name we pray. Amen. Going to close the service with a lovely hymn. Hear the call of the kingdom. Lift your eyes to the king. Let a song rise within you as a fragrant offering of how God, rich in mercy, came in Christ to redeem all who trust in his unfailing grace. Let's stand to praise God.
thank you for this evening. Thank you that this work is your work. This work is not really a mission, but uh, the city mission, that's, it really is your work, Father. And we just thank you that we can be involved in some way in the mission of God. And for, for folks here tonight, Father, in the different works that they're also involved in, maybe in organizations in the church, maybe in eldership, committee, whatever, Father, pray your blessing upon them also as we work and as we labor together to strive to bring the gospel of Christ to the lost, and to see people built up in that gospel and walking with Jesus each day. And now to Him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of His glory with great joy, to the only God our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen.